we've all become God's madmen. Welcome to God's Mad Men, a podcast dedicated to talking about the topics of today from a Christian worldview. I'm one of your co-hosts, John Pruitt, and I'm joined this evening by another co-host of Eyes Open Ministries, the one, the only, Lee Gulledge. It's great to be here, man. Great to be with you. <laughs> That's right. This is our first introductory episode of God's Mad Men. We kind of had a different approach in the very beginning of a subject we were going to discuss, but we decided, being we're going to be a podcast about the Christian worldview, that we would have our first episode being about the Christian worldview. So what does it mean to have a worldview, and more specifically, the Christian worldview? So that's what we're going to discuss in our very first episode today, so... If you have a Bible, break it out, open it up, get ready to turn to some scriptures here. And, uh, well, we're just going to just talk about this in an open conversation. Um, a lot of what we're going to be discussing tonight is taken from two sources because even though we're very intelligent men, we're not the most intelligent men. And we can admit that. Well, I'm okay. I'm, I'm secure enough in my masculinity to admit that, Lee. Um, so was I supposed to come in? <laughs> so Lee bought this book, Greg L. Bonson against all opposition, against all opposition by Greg Bonson, a Bonson, great, a great generate. reformed guy with no beard. That's right. In <laughs> in the bearded community's defense, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Bonson was around in the seventies and eighties. So, you know, that's true. The beard deal is kind of a newer thing in most recent it, history. In the early history, yeah. you know, of Reformed theology and things of that nature. But you know, I guess it comes and goes. Comes and goes. Okay. Comes and goes. You know, so anyway. And by the way, me and Lee are sporting beards tonight. Mine's more full. His is kind of stubblish. <laughs> but it's all right. All right. So we're kind of taking some things from his book and from a article posted on Ligonier Ministries, Ligonier.org, and we'll put a link in the show notes for you by James Anderson. We're going to take a little excerpt from his uh, article there because he just sums it up so nicely, and so does uh, Bonson when, in his book. And so basically, let's think about some, some issues of today. Abortion, euthanasia, pornography, same-sex marriage, transgender rights, Embryotic research, genetic enhancements. Everyone has an opinion on these issues, right? Everyone has an opinion on who's the best fighter of all time, all, the best fall team of all time. Right. Um, well, what do you think? Well, your perception of the world, your way of thinking, your philosophy, the answer to these questions is all based on your worldview. So what does it mean that we uh, we have a worldview? It's 
important to notice that everybody, and I mean everybody, regardless of how educated you are, regardless of how poor or how rich, regardless of where you are in the world, you have a worldview. So taken from James Anderson's article on Ligonier.org, it is, what is a worldview? And quote, this is this next three paragraphs I'm about to read off to you is from his article. It says, as the world itself suggests, a worldview is an overall view of the world. It's not a physical view of the world, but rather a philosophical view, an all-encompassing perspective on everything that exists and matters to us. A person's worldview represents his most fundamental beliefs and assumptions about the universe he inhabits. It reflects how he would answer all the big questions of human existence, fundamental questions about who and what we are, where we come from, why we're here, where, if anywhere, we're headed, the meaning and purpose of life, the nature of the afterlife, and what counts as a good life here and now. Few people think through these issues in any depth, and fewer still have firm answers to such questions. But a person's worldview will at least incline him towards certain kinds of answers and away from others. Worldviews play a central and defining role in our lives. They shape what we believe and what we're willing to believe, how we interpret our experiences, how we behave in response to those experiences, and how we relate to others. Our thoughts and our actions are conditioned by our worldviews. Worldviews operate at both the individual level and a societal level. Rarely will two people have the exact same worldview, but they may share the same basic type of worldview. Moreover, within any society, certain worldview types will be represented more predominantly than others and will therefore exert greater influence on our cultural culture of that society. By James Anderson, Legionnaire.org. Check it out. So I thought it was very, very well said. I couldn't say it better myself, so that's why we quoted that. Right. Um, the thing that Bonson gets into immediately in the fourth chapter of his book is mainly where we're concentrating on. Um, is First of all, we need to understand a lot of people hear that, talk about a worldview. They say, well, I'm just going to be neutral on the matters at hand there. You know what? Do what's right for you. I'll do what's right for me. I have my own perception of truth. You have your, you know, all things are relative. It all applies to you. But Boston makes very clear in his book, no one is neutral. Everyone has their worldview. So everyday common decisions are made and based on our worldview. And more specifically, it is really impossible for a Christian to be neutral when it comes to a worldview. Prime example he uses in his book is uh, 
the, if you're in a debate with an atheist as a Christian, the atheist may say, well, let's put aside our religious beliefs. Let's, you just put aside your religious beliefs. Let's come at it in a neutral position and let's just discuss this based off of other issues outside of your religion. Well, then what that atheist is doing is telling you to drop your worldview and embrace his. And as a Christian, well, you definitely don't want to do that. And that's what we're going to discuss here. We're going to get a little bit deeper into why you wouldn't want to do that. You know, John 17 and 7, Jesus is praying to God the Father for us on our behalf. And he says, sanctify them in your truth. Thy word is truth. See, Jesus wants his people to be distinctive people, to be set apart, unique, consecrated. And he wants us to be consecrated specifically by the truth. And what makes us different is that the truth has set us free and has made us a different people because his word is truth. That's John good. And John 1 tells us that God is the word. The word in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, right? So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So therefore... The truth is God. The truth, and we're going to get more into this a little bit later in the episode, uh, but with the Christian worldview, the Christian perspective that submits to the Lord, then you can make sense out of this world because no other worldview can make perfect sense in being consistent in their worldview. And You'll see more about what we're talking about as we get deeper into this, to this conversation. A point that you made earlier, um, some people try to, try to portray themselves as neutral and stay out of it. However, that is a worldview that your truth is your truth, my truth, and and they're expressing their worldview without even realizing. And you, I right. think you made the point: everyday decisions are based. People make their make decisions based on a belief system. You could say they're they're on philosophy, but it's a it's a worldview. Um, the conditions that we're raised in what church we attend, what schools we went to, we, we, we begin to develop a worldview based oh, yeah. on those situations. So, yeah, chances that, are, you know, people are, uh, being it's 2020 and all, let's talk about the <laughs> briefly about the election here. The what? The, the huh? What? So what? It, this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw a funny meme says if 2020 was an election, I had a picture of Biden and Trump there and I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About, yeah. If it was. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, and I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That's I'll perfect. Man. That's perfect. Uh, no, well, the, the, the worldview that we have, you know, that's where I was going with, yeah. is looking at this election, chances are you're a Democrat because your parents were a Democrat. Yeah. Or you're a Republican because your parents were. Now, not every case. Right. Not every case. But there's a good chance based on your family, the way you were raised, the people you were around had an influence on your thought process, right? Including, and most of all, your family, that's your environment, right? Your environment dictates and how you were raised. And this is, there's a psychological aspect of this as well, but the way you were raised kind of determines the person you're going to become. And the right. Bible even speaks about that and how you, you know, in Proverbs 22 and six, right? Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's older, he will not depart from it. Right. 
yeah, he's going to rebel. Yeah, there's going to just happen. But if you raise them right, not in every case now, because for whatever reason, there may be something else that happened in their life that caused them to go down a stray path. Right. And they may stray off the path and may come around. So there's still hope for you. So don't lose hope. But we got to understand that everybody has a worldview based on what happened to them in their life. Um, for instance, there's, there's people, we they're terrified of certain things. Right. And it's normally due to some traumatic experience. Like, uh, some people just have phobias. Okay. Yeah. But I, I can't think of a good example, but you know, like somebody's terrified of a spider because when they were a toddler, a spider crawled into their crib and bit them on the leg and there's a psychological imprint in there. And now they're just terrified to see a spider, you know, things of that example. So everything kind of builds on our worldview. And where we're headed with this show is hopefully we can, um, make the point that we should base our worldview, not as much on our surroundings and, and the life we're living as much as on God's word. That's the point That's it. as Christians, um, that we want to get to. That, that that God's word determines our worldview. Yeah. So Proverbs uh, 1 and 7, Lee, what is that? So we have the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's very good. Yep. That's very good. And the, the book of Proverbs, of course, is right, but it's right. Your beginning point is going to determine where you come out at, at the end. Uh, so we're, we're, we're better to start with your worldview than God's word, which is the absolute truth. Right. If, if we start out on truth and build on truth rather than building on all the lies of this world, the deceptions that we run into every day. So, Oh, yeah. So let's look at, you know, Colossians 2. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 3. The Christian worldview is built on the Bible, and that's and that's what we will need to – make very clear in this introductory episode because every episode from here on out will be the whatever topic we're discussing based on the biblical Christian worldview. Now there's 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 something else to be distinctive about. Yeah. <laughs> there everybody has their opinion on the interpretation of the Bible and things of that nature. And there's quote unquote Christians who have their worldview, but there is a true biblical Orthodox Christian worldview that right. we must be looking at things. So Lee, how about read that for us? Uh, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. That's it, man. Don't be taught, you know, let no one take you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Now, you know, Paul's not necessarily talking about, 
um, don't study philosophy. He's saying beware, more specifically, be careful of philosophy that is man-centered. Yes. Uh, what does philosophy mean? Well, philosophy means from the Greek, the love of wisdom. You know, so that's that's important for us to very uh, to understand when it comes to your worldview. Your worldview, philosophy is very important. Yeah, we could unpack this and almost in reverse, starting with with verse eight. He kind of makes gets to his point, but going back to verse three, in whom we could almost say in he in him, talking about Christ in verse two. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So he's making the point in the beginning that you got to start there. Where is wisdom? Where is knowledge? It is in Christ. And that's got to be your foundation. That's got to be your starting point. Yeah, that's the hidden treasure. Right. Um, And it says the hidden treasure of wisdom and knowledge. Man, you know, why would somebody hide a treasure to protect it? Right. Right, you know, why do pirates take their their chest full of gold, go out to a, a secluded island, bury it deep in the sand, make some obscure map, right, <laughs> and come back to it later? Is because they were protecting it. But see if see if they kept it on their ship, other pirates would rob them, or either they get caught by uh, the king's army and they get arrested and they go to jail for two or three years, and then when they get out, they can go to where their treasure is. Right. See. Um, and, and, and that's very important to understand here. Christ is our hidden treasure. That's right. The, the, the wisdom that he gives us through his word is man. That's just, that's very important as you develop your Christian worldview that you are self-conscious about what you believe, make sure it is governed and corrected by the word of God, not, not worldly traditions. Not what mere men have to say, not what the pastor says, right? Not what grandma said, not right. what what you were raised to believe, but what God's word has to say. Yeah, and this this means that some are already closer than others, and at some point you may have to change your beliefs, and you may have to step out uh, apart from your friends and family to go, to line up closer with God's word as you're as you learn and as you're. Um, your mind is renewed, as Paul said. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's uh, we get caught up in a lot of those things, and it's just so easy to go along with the norm, to go that's along it. with the crowd, right? To follow what everybody else is doing. There's kind of like a default setting amongst humanity. I believe it was the other day. It was out of this book uh, by Banson that, um, or Bonson, however you say his name, Bonson, Bonson. <laughs> uh, uh, what are you saying man. in there? Yeah, what are you saying in there? Is you may have some bad comments on the <laughs> be be gentle, <laughs> be gentle, guys. Uh, what what he was saying in that is, you know, we we have to understand that our worldviews, as complicated as they may be. It has to be based on the biblical worldview. And it cannot, we can't let the way we were raised interfere with that. Um, and I kind of lost where I was going with that, but that's okay. Yep. Because Lee's here to back me up. So this is a, this is a, 
line from chapter four, I believe that means you must become a good student of the Bible. If you do not pay attention to the word of God, you will not self consciously develop a Christian outlook. Yeah. So it's one thing to just read through. It's one thing to go to church and hear somebody. Yeah. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, each person has to be accountable to themselves to, to actually study God's word. That's that's, if you're not growing, you gotta, you gotta challenge yourself. That's right. We can so easily become content. You can become content. I was reading, I'm reading another book about by a pastor who used to belong to another denomination. He started off with one denomination, um, went to seminary and got into another denomination. And then after so many years, he started feeling convicted about a certain issue and he started studying it again for the first time since he went to seminary and decided that he needed to go to another denomination. And he became convinced through uh, his years of growing in his knowledge and truth of God's word, he developed, he matured as a Christian. And that's one thing we have to be, we have to understand it's, it's okay. It's okay to question what you're believing there and go back in the scriptures, search it out, see where you stand and, and take it from there. Um, what we don't want to do is become complacent and then we're stuck in a certain mode there and we're, we're becoming ignorant in a sense, you know, when we're so narrow minded and we're going to block out anything and not consider anything. Now I'm not saying be open-minded to the sense that you're, you're being tossed about by any wind of doctrine that comes around. Okay. The Bible strictly warned us about that, but what we need to do is be sure in our convictions. You know, if you're, if you're a Baptist, be a Baptist. Know what the Baptist statement of faith is. You know, there's hundreds of different Baptist denominations. So, you know, if you're specifically like, for instance, I'm a Reformed Baptist. That's what I consider myself to be. So, I'm gonna. I need to know exactly what it means to be a Reformed Baptist. If you're uh, um, belong to the Church of God of Prophecy, well, you need to know exactly what the Church of God of Prophecy teaches, and you need to make sure that's what you believe, and you need to go behind and and study that scripture itself. You're gonna be a Methodist. Study what the Methodists believe. A Wesleyan. Study what a Methodist. You you you're gonna be a Wesleyan. Be the best Wesleyan you can be, and know what their statement of faith is. And and also, but more importantly, know what the Scripture has to say and compare it to those statements right. of faith, so that your traditions and the tradition of men isn't making your worldview up. God's making your worldview up. And don't hesitate to leave a denomination when you realize they're wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to do. Yeah. I've done it and it is, uh, is a painful process and you will make enemies out of it. But Jesus warned us of such things. Correct. Correct. So we need to recognize the ultimate authority of God in everything. I think this was a section in his book. We're going to go into the next one. Yeah. So God is the ultimate authority, right? Yes. What is that authority? I mean, that's, what does it mean to ultimate authority? Well, he's got an example here, Romans 3, 4. God forbid, yea, let God be found true, but every man a liar. And I'm going to jump on the soapbox here, and we'll get back to the subject. But this is, a, this is a verse I've heard a lot of people, I guess you could call it Christian lingo or jargon, but they'll take verses, and it's really turns into a catchphrase rather than, have they thought it out? Have they studied mm -hmm. it out? And are they applying it? And this is this is a good one because, man, it sounds good in a, 
a good because just because it's good uh rhyme yeah you know doesn't make it good theology and a preacher with the right voice could make it sound something but <laughs> sounds good with that organ <laughs> that don't mean you need to say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i threw you off there <laughs> i left those days behind me man <laughs> So get back on that soapbox, bro. He's saying if the whole world were to be in agreement against what God says in his word, then let God be true. Nothing takes precedence over the word of God. Nothing. That doesn't mean it's wrong for you to reconsider your interpretation of the word of God. As Christians, we grow in our understanding. The ultimate authority of God is something you must be very self-conscious about if you're going to develop a Christian worldview. And I think that a lot of issues today could be solved, not solved, but in, in our minds, we could get beyond these issues. Mm -hmm. If we just realize that God is ultimate, has ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we were discussing earlier, maybe off air or however we want to call it, you know, the president, an owner of a business, different ones who, who are, what do you say? The buck stops here. Yeah, the buck stops here. The that ultimate stop. authority is the buck stops with that. There's no superior authority above that figure. That's right. Um, and and President Truman had a, a a sign that said on his desk. I remember this somehow from history. Uh, he had a sign on his desk that says the buck stops here because that's right. When it came to his decision making, he was the ultimate decision maker, and no one could override that. Um. That is the ultimate authority. So as Christians, God is our ultimate authority. And we know that what we have in God's word is his revealed word to us. Even John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, right? Uh, so we have not only what we consider to be the word of God, but this word of God is actually God speaking to us. Right. He's revealed himself in the truth. He's revealed himself in, in the Son in the incarnate son, Jesus Christ. And we have that example in his word here to go by. Um, and yeah, it may not specifically talk about every little issue in life you're going to face, but as you learn from God's word right. and you understand his precepts, if you understand the law, if you understand the epistles and what they're writing there and what Jesus is having to say about certain things, it helps govern the other thing. That's right. You know, it's kind of like, uh, when they build a car, they design that motor to go so fast at so many RPMs and do so many different things with the torque and the speed and all this other stuff. And yeah, these are pretty smart guys that designed it, but they're, they haven't thought about every possible scenario, right? But they know, Hey, if we set the standard at this, then this is how it's going to react in most situations. Right. Right. Um, so that when you, you hit a puddle of water at, 50 miles per hour. Well, you may start a hydroplane. Well, they've installed something there to keep your wheels in more in line. So that's the ultimate authority, even though it doesn't address every single issue, they know that it covers a multitude of things. And that's what God's word does. If you're set in stone in it, if you're, you know, it's like uh, being a tree that the Bible says, what be a tree planted by the waters, right? Your roots are deep. And you know, people talk about that, but they don't consider, they think of it more or less as having faith. And I'll give them that. Yeah. But 
the more you understand about God's word, that's the deeper those roots get in faith. That's right. And so that when you're faced with the trials and tribulations and the many different scenarios in life, even if it ain't a trial or tribulation, even when it comes to just everyday stuff, God's word can lead you in the right direction. So God's word applies to every area of life. In the Christian worldview, God's word applies to everything we do, everything you think, everything you say. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. If I can get it pulled up here, I'll, I'll read this one. Okay. It says, and I should have had it turned there originally, but Lee's already got it. But All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. <laughs> says, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but the divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that is that is just powerful when it comes to God's word. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What thoughts? Every thought. Not just about the Bible. Okay? It's easy to say, well, yeah, okay. Every thought captive when it comes to theology, when it comes to religion, when it comes to doctrine. But no, everything. Everything in life. Everything that you think must be governed by the word of God. You must see Christ in everything you do. We are to what? Emulate Christ. Right. We are to imitate him. Now, will we do this perfectly? No. Absolutely not. We are not perfect by any means, but as Christians, we are saved by the one who is. We're not perfect. We're just forgiven. But we are, we are told we are to strive for that mark of perfection. We are to be led by the Spirit in and through God's Word. And, and, and see, that's a very important equation in there as well. It's not just being led by the Spirit. Because here's here's a big misconception. We're getting ahead of ourselves. This is a future episode, I imagine. Experience doesn't necessarily make it a real spiritual experience. Right. Just because you felt something, just because you had an experience, doesn't mean that that was the Holy Spirit working in you. It still has to be governed by God's own word. The Spirit will never contradict anything to God's word. That's right. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. Okay. So he's not going to contradict himself. So therefore, we must be very cautious and very careful when it comes to that. Every thought must be taken captive, every thought must be applied using God's word and be led by the spirit in and through God's word. So that leads to the question here that we hear often in the world of apologetics. And God's mad men, we're not apologists, but part of what we're going to do is take an apologetic approach to things in society and culture. And apologetics is a, area of theology that focuses on defending the faith. Uh, 
apologia is the word that it's taken from, which means a defense of the faith. It's not meaning that I'm apologizing for being a Christian, not by any means of the imagination. It means you're given a defense for God's word. What is the standard is what you normally hear. By what standard? Based on what? What what are you holding your worldview to? What standard do we hold all things to? What is the standard of morality? What is the ultimate authority and the ultimate truth? Spoiler alert, God's word. That's it. You know, and, and when when you think about the counterfeit, and I, we often hear this, and I'd be tired of hearing this comparison, but it's such a good analogy. They don't teach them all the many different counterfeits and how they're made, the paper they're put on, the ink that's used for them, and the techniques used to make them. No, they teach them how to study the true bill, the true $100 bill, so that they know it so intricately that if they just hold blindfolded a, a counterfeit bill, they immediately recognize it because they know it is not the real deal. And that's how we're to do. That's how we're to test all things. That's how we're to uh, test whether someone is of God or not. That's how we're to test if the spirit that we're feeling is of God or not by the standard of God's truth. When you're arguing with an atheist, like we said earlier, nobody's neutral, right? So when you're arguing with an atheist, he's going to try to convince you to set aside your religious beliefs and talk on a neutral basis. So he's asking you to come down to his level. And you can say to an atheist very easily, well, if I do that, then I'm just the same as you are. And if you say to an atheist, okay, you don't believe in God, so then give me your wallet, right? We've heard plenty of theologians give this example. Or you pull out your gun and say, well, what's to stop me from shooting you and taking your wallet? Yeah. I, I can murder you because by your worldview, by the way that you believe things, we're just stardust running into each other and, what does it matter? I can shoot you and take your wallet. You don't believe in morality. What is the standard of your truth? What is the standard of your morality? Oh, well, they may say, well, you know, it's not right to do that. Well, by what standard? Based on you're, what? Yeah, you're borrowing from the Christian worldview right. to say that it's wrong for me to shoot you and take your wallet. And that's why everybody has a worldview. And that's why the Christian worldview is the only consistent worldview so i hope you found this uh interesting i hope you've enjoyed this we look forward to recording many more episodes and what we're going to do is uh kind of talk about everything from a christian worldview and that worldview like we said is going to be based on the true biblical teachings everything that we think about everything that we do it's just going to be based off of what the Bible has to say. So we'll link to the show notes to that article we talked about earlier from Ligonier.org. And we'll also try to provide a link of some sort. I tried looking it up earlier today for the, the book Against All Opposition that we've been talking about here. It's a really good book. I encourage you to read that. It's pretty nice in layman's terms. Um, Lee, where did you buy that one? Do you remember? He don't remember. But anyway, 
<laughs> Let's see, it's uh, the American Vision. Okay. Gary DeMar is the president. Okay, the American. Uh, so that's the publisher for yep. it. Okay. The so American you can probably Vision find it that way. I tried. I couldn't find it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of them places like that. But check those things out. Get that book if you can. Read some of his other material. Um, and again, like, share, subscribe to our content. Be looking for future episodes. Go to eyesopenministries.org. That's our website where you can find plenty of blog posts, study tools, and materials to help you go deeper into God's Word. Um, and check out our other podcast, the EOM Podcast. Um, that when we kind of discuss the many different things that's going on uh, as far as doctrine is concerned. We try to take you through the biblical approach to understand the things like the attributes of God, the things that make up God. Our next episode on that will be discussing the holiness of God. So be sure to, to like and subscribe to that one as well and check that out. We appreciate it. Lee, it was fun. We'll do it soon. Thank you.